God, I pray that you would, uh, as you do every week, would you just speak through me this morning? Would it just not be my words that are here talking out loud? I don't want, no one needs human words this morning. God, we want to hear from you. We want, to, we want to see these words just jump off the page, God, to us this morning, straight from you. And so I ask that you would speak through me, God, as you do every week. God, I pray that, uh, that those who are in the path of Hurricane Irma today, uh, that they would uh, be safe, that they would uh, find shelter, that they would um, just know that you're with them, God, that they would have a sense of peace even in the midst of a, of a literal storm, God. And so, uh, God, I just pray for them as well this morning. God, we love you, and uh, we just pray your blessing over this time as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are uh, in week three this morning of a series on the Lord's Prayer as found in Luke 11. Uh, there's another Lord's Prayer, not another Lord's, but the same Lord's Prayer, a different, little different wording in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, but we're, we're hanging out in, in Luke chapter 11. And we've gone through two weeks so far, and our, our week one was just kind of answering the question, why? Why do we pray? Why is it that we pray? Why do we need to do this? Right? And we said, we pray... First of all, to express the depth of our need for God. We need God. We cannot do this on our own. If we try to do it on our own, it will not work. We cannot do this. And so we pray to express our need to God. We also pray to, to build this, this intimacy with God. Right? Praying is, is part of this relationship, right? If, we, if, uh, <clears throat> you know, if, I, if I'm with, in a relationship with Rachel and we don't talk, Right? This relationship isn't going anywhere. The intimacy is not going to, to be built up. Right? We, we pray to be intimate with God, to build this sense of intimacy with God. And we pray that we might be used by God and how powerful it is to be used by God. So this, is, this is just part, a snapshot of why we pray in Luke 11. Right? The disciples just pray, teach us to pray. And Jesus comes and he says, this is when you pray, this is last week, when you pray, pray like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? All this stuff that, that Jesus is saying here, this, this prayer is, is a prayer, and we talked about how we pray last week. We pray with this sense of desire, right? Desire for God's, for God's glory, a desire for God's provision, a desire for God's grace and God's guidance. We, we desire God in prayer. This is how we pray. And so this morning, I, I want to... I Move on just a little bit. I want to, Jesus kind of continues here in verses 5 through 10. This is where we're going to be today. And Jesus he tells a story. He tells a parable. And this parable is, it's an interesting parable, right? And, I, and you can imagine the disciples there. They've, they've asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And he's just, he's laid out basically three sentences. This is how you pray. And then he starts telling this parable. Now, I can just imagine the disciples you know, they, they've been around, they've been, they've been hanging out with Jesus, and they, they know Jesus likes to tell some stories, right? Jesus teaches in stories, but sometimes people don't get the stories, right? And so I can imagine the disciples being like, can you just tell us? <laughs> how about you? Do? I don't want to hear a story, right? I, wanna, I want you to just tell me how to pray. But Jesus tells this, this parable. I think sometimes it's been misunderstood, but it's in Luke chapter 11. So if you want to go there with me, it's on page 735 if you're using one of the Bibles in the pew. Luke chapter 11, and we'll, uh, we'll start at verse 1 again just to kind of catch up where we've been, but our, our focus tonight is, or this morning is from, from verse 5 through verse 10, verse, chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, 
just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, this is our focus for today. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this is an interesting story to tell when the disciples are asking, how do I pray? How do I pray? Well, imagine you're this guy. (laughs) I could just imagine the... Okay, uh, let, me, let me see if I'm following you, Jesus. Right? Imagine, well, let's take you back to, to first century Palestine. Right? In, in first century Palestine, just for a little context, right? in first century Palestine, people didn't have pantries. People didn't go to the grocery store and buy what they needed for the week. People made what they needed for that day. And that was it. They made what they needed for that day, and then it was on to the next day, where they make what they need for that day, and they make what they need for that day. And so this guy, having made what he needed for that day, has an unexpected visitor in the, in the middle of the night. And this unexpected visitor is saying, hey, it's, it's, he's, he ha, he's wanting to be hosp- hospitable. And hospitality is not just something in first century Palestine. It's just a nice thing to do. Right? It, was, it was not only just a, a social need, right? It was almost required of you socially to be hospitable. But if you even claimed to be, to be a follower of Christ, if you claimed to be religious, it was a religious duty for you to be hospitable to anyone who came to your door. If anyone came to your door, it was your responsibility to give that person some food, to give that person some water. And this guy, in the middle of the night, has a visitor come to his door, and he's got nothing. He has nothing. But he has two choices. I was thinking about that this week. He has two choices, really. One, he can be a bad host and say, you're welcome here, but you're going to sleep hungry tonight. Right? He's that choice. Or he can be a bad neighbor which he did, right? He, he chooses number two. I'm going to be a bad neighbor. I'm going to go to my next door neighbor. Even though it's the middle of the night, I'm going to knock on his door and see if he has any bread. All right, but Jesus says that, that this guy's shameless audacity is what gets his friend, his neighbor, to come to the door. He says, this guy's not going to just give you bread because you're friends. But because of your shameless audacity, because of your boldness, some translations say, because of your persistence, some translations say. The Greek word, the NIV actually does a great job translating this word. It's kind of a, a mix between being bold and, and being shameless, right? Shameless audacity is a great way to translate the word that's in here. Because of his shameless audacity, this guy brings him, brings him some bread. Now, I think, obviously this is a parable, right? And, and in a parable, there's always two people represented, Someone in the parable is God. And someone in the parable 
is the reader or the listener. Right? It's, it's, this one is a, can be, I've seen both ways, but I, I think there's, there's only, only one, way to, one way to read this. Right? And I think the key to this parable is really in verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. So who are we in the story? Who is the reader in the story? The reader is the one who, is, who has the visitor coming over and has this choice of, am I going to be a bad host or am I going to be a bad neighbor? Right? That might not be the exact choice, but that's, that's kind of the feel of this. Right? Well, that's, that's who we are. That's the reader of this. That's, the, that's who the reader is. And, and I think we can, we can say that we can kind of make assumptions here that God could be either of the other two, right? But I think the, the, most, the, the, most, the best way to read this is that God would be the person that we are going to ask for the bread, to going to ask for things. And I say that because this. I think, I think here's what this guy knew we, the reader, right, or the, the guy who has the visitor come, knows a certain couple things, a few things, about the guy he's knocking on the door. Number one, he knows he has bread. He knows he has, he has bread. Right? And he knows, number two, that, that not only does he have bread, but this guy is going to be willing at midnight to get up out of bed and to give me some bread. Right? Not only does he have the bread, he's going to be willing to give me the bread. And, and I think about this, and I'm thinking about how God, the, the next passage of this, like ask and you will ask, seek and you will find, ask and the door will be open to you, right? Knock and the door will be open to you. This, this whole thing is, it, I think really it's Jesus trying to say, this is the way I want you to pray. I want you to pray with this shameless audacity with your prayers. I want you to just be super bold with your prayers. And you can do that because you know two things. Number one, he's got the bread. Jesus, ha- God has everything that we will ever need. And number two, he's, he has the authority to use everything in his power. Right? We know these things about God. We know all of these things about God. I want to just talk about three things that we know about God this morning. And, and, and really the reason that we can go to God with these, these, these shamelessly bold prayers. I want to talk about just praying shamelessly today. And here's the first thing we need to know about God. We need to know that God is able. We can go to God with these shamelessly, odd, odd, shamelessly bold prayers because we know that God is able. God is able. All right, we know that, that he, has, he has the bread and he's willing to help. This is the picture of God all over Scripture and particularly in the Old Testament, that God is this God who has the supply. Right? Psalm chapter 50. You don't need to go there with me. I'm going to read it real quick. Though Psalm chapter 50 Verses 7 through 12. All right, listen, listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are, never, which are ever before me. And listen to this. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields They're mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. We have a God who has an endless supply of everything that we will ever need. God is able. God is able to to come through on on anything. And not only does he have an endless supply at his disposal, but God has the authority to use this supply wherever he desires. 
God has all authority in, in Matthew 28. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Right? Job 42, right? Job, at the end of Job, Job is able to say this. No plan of yours can be thwarted. No plan of yours can be thwarted. This is Job who's just gone through just crazy life stuff. At the end of this book, he's able to say, God, no plan of yours will ever be thwarted. Right? Psalm 33, this says, the plans of the Lord stand forever. Isaiah 14, as I have planned, it will be. Right? God is able. God can do all of these. This is the Old Testament picture of God throughout the Old Testament is that we have a God who is able and a God who has the supply, but a God who is also has the authority to use what he has at his disposal. God is able. We can pray some bold, audacious, shameless prayers, and we know that God is able. God is able. Second thing we know is God is approachable. We have an approachable God. This guy, the reader here, the, the guy who has the guest come over, he knew that his neighbor would help. Now, you, don't just, you don't just go to your neighbor and say, hey, I need some, in the middle of the night, unless you know that there's a chance that this guy is going to help, right? This guy, our God is approachable. This guy knew that his neighbor would help. He's approachable. Hebrews 4 says we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, with confidence, we're not bothering God when we pray. And God, God delights in hearing from you and in hearing from me. Can you just grasp that for a moment? That this God who, who created everything, the creator God who knows the names of the stars, he breathed them into place, who, who put the planets where they are, who, who knows the hairs on your head, he wants to hear from you. Does he need you? No. Right, even this Psalm 50, right? I don't, I don't need your bulls. I don't need these sacrifices. I have the cattle on a th- I don't need any of this. Right, God doesn't need you, but God wants you. Let that settle in. The God of the universe wants to know you. He wants to be with you. He wants to know you intimately. He wants to be approached by you. You can approach the throne of grace with confidence, Hebrews chapter 4 says. God, he wants you to cast your cares on him, First Peter says, right? God wants us to come to him, and it's never too late. You're never too late in the game to go to God with a problem. You're never too late in the game to bring an issue to God. God cares about the issue. On the flip side, you're never too early to bring anything to God either. You can be praying for things 20 years in the making. God wants to hear your desires. He wants to hear from you. You can never be too early. You can never be too late. You can never be too small. You can never be too big. There's nowhere in Scripture that says you need to limit your prayers to a certain amount. In fact, if you read Scripture, I think you'd find just the opposite. I think God would, would desire you to, to pray bold prayers. Amen. Right, one of my favorite books is called The Circle Maker. And just a plug, uh, in probably a month or two, uh, we're going to do just a four-week class on this book, The Circle Maker. It's going to be awesome. But here's the premise of this book, The Circle Maker. God honors bold prayers. Because bold prayers honor God. I'm going to say it again. I want you to grasp this. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. 
Right? Our God wants to hear from you. It's never too late. It's never too early. It's never too small. It's never too big. You're never too far gone. God wants to hear from you. We have an approachable God, a God who desires to be approached by you, who wants to know you on an intimate, deep level. This is the God who you can come to at midnight when it seems like the darkest hour of your day, and he is there to answer the door, and he is there to listen. This is the same God who, when you're celebrating and you're rejoicing, you can, you can go to God and, and just celebrate with God, and he will rejoice with you. He will, this is the same God who wants to know you. This is God. Our God is able. Our God is approachable. You can go to God. And here's the last thing. Actually, it's not the last thing. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> I forgot about this. This is an important part. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, at the, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is like I was saying. You're never too far gone. You're never, nothing too big, nothing too small. The Bible never cautions us to pray kind of dumbed-down prayers. The Bible would tell us to pray big, great prayers, prayers that, can, that we know that it's answered because we can't do it on our own. God is approachable. And the last thing is God is active. We have an active God. Isaiah tells us that God is not dead. He does not sleep. And most of us, we would, we would say amen to that all day, every day. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Amen to that every single day. But how often have we felt like God is asleep at the wheel sometimes? How often have we felt like we're praying and we just keep praying for the same thing over and over and over again? It just kind of gets depressing after a while because we just feel like God is not hearing us. We feel like, God, what's, what is going on here? Are you sleeping? Some of us have felt that. I think we can, we can take encouragement this morning, take hope in this this morning, that God is active. That God is active. All right, you go back to, <clears throat> you go back to Luke 11. This is, this is the act of God. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Our God is an active God who wants to be approached by you. He's an able God who can do whatever we ask. Sometimes it feels like God is asleep. It feels like God doesn't hear you. It feels like God just has something else in mind, and maybe he does. Right? But it just feels like maybe God isn't on your team sometimes. I promise you this morning, take hope in this, that God is active. God is active. He's active in your life. He's active in your home. He's active in your workplace. Here's the, the, the kind of the thing I was thinking about this morning as I was getting ready for this. The guy who has, his, has a guest come over. It would have been easy just to say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything for you. But he goes the extra step, and he goes across the street, he goes next door, and he asks his neighbor. And if we're, if we're saying this morning that this neighbor represents God in the story, and we and the, this person who's going next door represents us. I think this is a great picture of just intercession for other people. 
We see someone in need, and we go to God in prayer. We see someone who's, who's uncomfortable, and we go to God in prayer. We see someone who, who needs our help, and we go to God in prayer for that person. Right, sometimes it feels like, again, even in these prayers, that God is asleep, right? I've been praying for, for this person for years and years and years, and I just don't see any progression here. I've been praying for this person to just, that someone would come into their life and just speak truth to them, and, and it just hasn't happened yet. I've just been praying that this person would just wake up from what's going on in their mind. They're just stuck in this way of thinking. They're stuck in this way of life, and they just can't get out. I just keep praying for them and praying for them and praying for them, and I just feel like nothing's happening. God, are you asleep? God is active. God is active. Even when we cannot see what is happening, God is active. None of those prayers that you are praying for that person stop at the ceiling. None of those prayers are trapped inside this room. and They, they all reach the ears of God, and God delights to hear your prayers. We have a God who is able we have a God who is active. We have a God who is approachable. And I think with these in mind, we can, we can pray some, some big, bold prayers. If we really do hold these things to be true, then, then it's going to be like waking up in the middle of the night, realizing that someone's at our door and eating food, and we don't have any. So what are we going to do? We're going to go to our neighbor because we believe that this guy over here, not only does he have bread, he's going to be willing to help me. Do you, do you see the, the desperation almost here of, of, I don't have anything, but I know he does, so I'm going to go. How many times have we been somewhere and we just feel like, man, I just don't have anything left. I don't, I don't have anything within me, but I know that God does, so I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go see him. I'm just going to go talk to him. Right, we can pray some huge, bold prayers because we have a God who is able. We have a God who has the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm says. We have a God who has everything at his disposal. This creator God who breathed the stars and made you, made, knit you together in your mother's womb, knows the hairs on your head, knows everything about you. This same God is able and everything is at his disposal for you. We have a God who is able. We have a God who is approachable. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence this morning. Knowing that we have a God that, that isn't a, just a distant figure in our lives, but God is here and now and present each and every moment, each and every day, that we can go to his throne knowing that, that he cares. Cast your cares on me, for I care for you. We have this God who is approachable, and we have a God who is active in our lives. So here's my question this morning for you. Is there a prayer that you've been afraid to pray? Is there a prayer that you've been holding off on praying because you feel like, man, it's just too small? Or, that's huge. I don't know if God would ever do that. This morning, I just want to take a couple minutes and I just want to pray bold prayers together. I'm going to, I'm going to start praying in a second. I just want, I, and I'm going to ask God just to put something on each and every one of your hearts. Something that you've been thinking about, but something, something that you've been, you've been desiring for God to, to do in your life. Something, that, And I want you to just pray it. 
I want to pray bold prayers this morning. I want to be audaciously bold, shamelessly audacious. Because we have God who is able and approachable and active. Let's pray this morning. God, God, we give you glory this morning because you are alive and active. God, we know that you're able and we know that you are approachable. God, we know that none of us here, none of us here have have any easier time getting to you or any harder time getting to you. God, we know that you're available to each and every one of us in this place right now. God, forgive us for for praying small prayers sometimes. God, this morning, would you just put on our hearts, would you put on our hearts something that, that you've been desiring us to pray for? That you've just been waiting for us to pray to you, God. We just put this on our hearts this morning. And as you do that, God, would we just be bold this morning? Would we be shamelessly audastic this morning as we come to you? God, my prayer as it is every week is that you would go with us, that you'd go ahead of us, you'd be in our homes, that you'd be in our workplaces, you'd be in our cars, you'd be in the grocery store with us, God. Would we, would we just be so in tune with you this week that anyone we make contact with would hear, hear you as they speak to us? Would they see you as they interact with us? Will we be able to make a difference in our world this week as we go? God, help us to pray bold prayers this week. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I just stand and just receive this blessing this morning. May the God of love and of grace, may he go with you and ahead of you this week. May he guide you and direct you this week. May you live for him. May you make a difference in your world, wherever you may find yourself this week. Go in peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.